Hey Pilgrims, welcome back to another episode. Uh, it's great that you could join us from wherever you're joining in. You may hear some sirens in the background and uh, you may hear a baby uh, in the background too because I'm once again joined by my good friend Joshua Parker who last time was on the show uh, was expecting a child and now has uh, has finally arrived and uh, so welcome Josh and uh, it's great to see you uh, being a dad although everyone can't see you uh, in the audience but uh, but I get to see firsthand you being a dad now and it's really cool how is being a dad uh, thank you Ash it's always good to be uh, to be with you and it's, it's such a wonderful feeling to be a dad um, and I think even though you can fully understand God's love uh, even if you're not a dad I think it does add an extra dimension to understanding God's love for his people mm. um, and just the care and tenderness um, and a child just when they're a baby they just have times where they just scream and they're totally depend, dependent they scream they you know it's just like us as Christians and the Lord graciously deals with us so it's um, yeah it's, it's it's wonderful to see how the Lord is so patient with us um, yeah when we're so um, impatient and, and crying and needy and, and all that stuff um, and sinful it's a good so. reflection of our own own state it is it? it's good that you're able to have the time to, to join me on the show so I do thank you uh, for that uh, last time you were here we, we talked about uh, what is sin what is the big deal about it uh, we've looked at the gospel and we've looked at the importance of theology and uh, there's a big looming question around all of that. What must I do to be saved? Uh, when we look at the gospel and there's a response that we need for the gospel and uh, we look that, that sin is the issue that we all have, uh, then the appropriate question is, how do I get rid of that sin? How am I free from that sin? Uh, how am I made clean? How... And, and as, as uh, we see in the book of Acts um, with the, the prisoner, um, what must I do to be saved? So what a, is, it, is it an easy process? Is it a simple process? Is it convoluted? Is it plain to see? How, how do we unpack what it means to, to have salvation or how do we become saved? Mm. Yeah, yeah. And the, what you were just referencing in, in Acts 16, the, the Philippian jailer, uh, we see this, this story of, of yeah, the jailer and he you know, rushes into the, the prison and he says, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? And, and they don't give him um, a whole sermon. Uh, they don't give him a, you know, five sermons and let's do some membership classes. And that's not a bad thing. Um, but at the same time, it's very simple. Uh, and their response is, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you'll be saved, uh, you and your household. And so what do they do? They then spoke the word of the Lord to him and all who were in his, in his house. So there's, in one sense, it's very simple. Uh, it's, it's, it's very simple. Jesus, you know, the, the command is to repent, uh, the command to, to have faith and believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, and, and you see often those are used sometimes occasionally together, sometimes apart, um, for example, in Acts, Acts 2, it talks about repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Elsewhere, it says, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, and so, um, yeah, but both of those are often used, I guess, um, 
and I'll go back, I guess, in the future about, about how interrelated they are, but in one sense, it's, it's very simple. And yet, as Paul did, he then went to the Philippian jailer's house, and then he spoke the word of the Lord to them, and mm-hmm. would have explained more more about what it, what it actually means. So in one sense, very simple, but in another sense, it's very, very profound. Um, and it, it, we're going to be unpacking it for the rest of our Christian lives, <laughs> um, because as we'll talk about, it's not just something you do to be to become a Christian, but... Um, yeah, for the rest of your Christian life. Mm. So it's that that word of repentance that mm. really is the uh, the the kicker in it all. I guess you could say. Um, what does it mean to repent? Uh, for for me, growing up in uh, in the church setting that I was in, uh, and for that my family was in, it it was very much uh, you you pray a prayer. Uh, as if it was a magic prayer, uh, and somehow that's that's it. Like you, you come down to the front, you you put your hand up. The pastor sees that hand, or the preacher sees that hand. You 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 say these words after them. Is is that it? Is that repentance? What? And then it's like, okay, I've washed my hands now. I'm I'm free of sin. What what is it to repent? Yeah. Well, before we go into what repentance is. Um, yeah, what repentance is not uh, is, is often a good way to, to start. Um, and just touching on what you were saying, um, praying the sinner's prayer um, I think is very dangerous. Now, praying a prayer to God uh, is what you need to do. Uh, and, and it says whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So there's, there is prayer there. You know, we seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. So there is a seeking of the Lord and calling on him. But in the format and the way which is done is you don't see it anywhere in scripture. Mm. There's no prayer um, that's that's I guess a, a form of prayer that you use. But it's even the more I guess pressing thing is upon completion of that prayer, never once is the is the condition given. If you pray this prayer, you are saved. Mm. Um, you know, now that you've prayed the prayer, we can give you assurance that you're saved. Um, and now it's not wrong to say, uh, you know, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. I mean, they're God's promises. Mm-hmm. And yet, we've, I guess, uh, some have invented this, this, this prayer that you pray. Uh, and then even if they show no sign of true repentance, no sign of fruit, um, you know, they could be swept up just in emotion. We, we, we declare them, you are saved. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you said, I was once at a, a, a crusade. Uh, if, if, you, if you can put it that way, a crusade, and um, when the uh, when the preacher essentially um, uh, was was talking with the crowd and getting them to come to the front, and um, and they prayed this prayer. Presumably, he, he said these words. He says, "You are forgiven. Your sins are erased. He just purchased you," um, and so. I mean, aside from other things that weren't okay with 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 that um, with the kind of earlier message, um, it's it's like you've, without even knowing the person, without even being with them, you you've just you've declared you are saved, and you've given this mm. assurance. Um, and whether it's signing a card, uh, whether it's praying this prayer, whether it's walking down an aisle, raising your hand, mm. um, all these things, often people tend to trust in that rather than actually in Jesus Christ. Mm. Um, and something that's important as well, when you make this decision, your life should change. Mm. 
Um, I remember um, Paul Washer gives this illustration. He said, imagine um, you turn up to church and, and you turn up and say, um, you know, you get to church and you go, wow, I, I had a rough ride to church. And, you know, I stepped out of my car, <clears throat> a semi-trailer went past and whack, knocked me over to the ground. You know, this huge semi-trailer. And you go, and, and then, you know, you say, yeah, but I'm okay. You know, I'm not too bad. You know, I've just brushed myself off. No worries. You look at that person in disbelief and go, are you serious? <clears throat> Either you're joking or you're lying or you're crazy, right? Um, if you got hit by a semi-trailer, you could not dust yourself off and pretend mm-hmm. as if nothing's happened. Right? And the same thing happens um, when you're saved. If the Holy Spirit has regenerated your heart, if you're a new creation in Christ, right? it says the old has gone, behold, the new has come. If you're then living as if the old is still there and the new hasn't come, it means you're not a new creation. Mm. And so <clears throat> the people praying this prayer often have that false assurance that because they prayed a prayer, because they did all these things, they're saved rather than actually saying, well, did God actually save me? Mm. Um, because you can be swept up in the moment. You can believe you're sincere. But the thing is, there are many sincere people who are sincerely going to hell um, because in the end they're trusting in the sincerity, they're trusting in the prayer, not in Christ. Mm. Um, so, yeah, so that that's what, what true repentance isn't. Uh, it's, it's not doing these things. It's not even feeling sorry for your sin um, even. Um, it's not even just um, yeah feeling feeling bad. It's not even um, I, I guess even even knowing what your sin is, or it's not even just just fearing God's judgment over your sin. None of that saves. None of that is a true repentance. I mean, non Christians can have these things. I mean, you see in the Bible it talks about Judas, mm. who we know out of all those in Scripture, we know he wasn't saved. Mm. I mean, Christ explicitly said that he was the son of destruction, um, and he said, "I, you know, I have kept kept all but him." Um, and it says that he um, he had repentance. The Bible used that word repentance, and yet it wasn't a true repentance. Mm. Uh, and we'll look more about what what a true repentance is. But but we see people like Simon the magician. He seemed to believe in the Lord Jesus, um, and yet um, the apostle said that he's still in. You know, in, in the bond of iniquity, in the gall of sin. So he, there is a false faith, a false repentance that people can have. Well, it seems, you know, it says they have the appearance of godliness, mm. but they deny its power. So there's no true spiritual power, if that makes sense. Yeah, like they I guess we we see the example uh, where Jesus says, uh, "Like depart from me, I never knew you." Mm. But they're going, they're rattling off this list of, but I, I, I cast out demons in your name. I prophesied in your name. I said all these things in your name because I thought I knew you, mm. but he's the one that's, I never knew you. And so there was a, a, a false assurance, I guess, mm. and a, a false move in that. So then if that is the false, if, if there's, there is a thing, uh, there is a way that is, is, uh, is not the correct way to receive salvation, I guess. We'd we'll mm. probably put it in that category of receiving mm. salvation. Uh, the language might be a little different, lack of a better word, receive salvation. Mm. Uh, what is the right way? Because, again, I've, I've been guilty of leading people in the sinner's prayer. Uh, I feel like the sinner's prayer is like a, a, a Mexican wave. Are we allowed to call it a Mexican wave anymore? 
It's like the wave. You That's go to a sports game. You can go <laughs> the Mexican wave if you like. Oh, yeah. It's in Australia. It's always been the Mexican wave. You go to a sports game, <laughs> the Mexican wave happens, and by the time it's gone around, no one remembers where it started. Yeah. And I feel like the sinner's prayer is that. Like, where the heck did it come from? I know. And yet we put so much like emphasis, emphasis mm. in that's the formula mm. that we have to 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 do to get people to mm. repentance. But if that's not it, how can we find what the right way is? Mm. Uh, yeah, and and I guess you would turn uh, in terms of you talking about receiving salvation. It's uh, it's often talked about. You know, there's Christ's work. Uh, in his life, his death, his resurrection, and even now in his, his present uh, intercession for, for believers. But, but there's that work of Christ, mm. which is the gospel, right? But then there's the application of the gospel subjectively. So there's the objective truth and the objective work of Christ on behalf of sinners and on behalf of his people. And then there's the application of it. And, and that's, that's intimately connected with the Spirit and as he applies it to the souls of believers. And then we'll get more into that. But... But the application, the subjective application to people, that's when repentance and faith come in. So repentance and faith are not the gospel. Mm. They're the response to the gospel. They're, they're the way that the gospel and the work of Christ is applied to a person. And so in one sense, uh, the gospel in and of itself is not sufficient to save. And I, and I say that very, <laughs> very cautiously. It's not sufficient to save in, in God's plan. Right? As in the gospel... Yeah, the gospel message and Christ's work is not sufficient to save in and of itself every person in the sense that it has to be applied. And that's God's, that's God's plan. Right. If, if, if Christ's work was sufficient to save everyone all at once, um, if he actually redeemed everyone at the cross, then everyone would be everyone redeemed. It would be, be universalism, <laughs> right? Yeah. Christ's work is perfectly sufficient to save. He does save and he ransoms everyone for whom he died. And yet it has to be applied in time. Right, and that's part of God's perfect plan. So I've got to watch my words carefully. <laughs> but it has to be applied. Uh, and that's, that's in God's, um, God's plan and purpose, was that um, the Father would plan it, the Son would accomplish it, and the Spirit would apply it. Mm. Um, and this glorious, this glorious plan from all eternity uh, into all eternity um, is, is, is accomplished by, by all the members of the Trinity in, in different ways. And in some respects, they all have certain parts to play. Um, Another sense they're all unified in, in absolutely everything. So um, when we come to repentance, what is repentance? Um, I've got this statement. It's from, from the Westminster Larger Catechism. And, 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 a, and a catechism essentially is a question and answer mm. uh, system. And it's a way of teaching uh, doctrine and truth. Uh, and, and you've got different catechisms, even, for, let's say, for the Catholic Church. But, but this catechism was, uh, was one of the best that, that was ever uh, given, um, uh, in a Reformed catechism. And it says, what is repentance? Unto life, and that you notice it in the question it uses unto life because mm. there can be that false repentance, that seeming repentance that, that Judas had. Um, what is repentance unto life? Answer Repentance unto life is a saving grace worked in the hearts of sinners by the Spirit and the Word of God. By it, so by repentance, sinners recognize not only how dangerous it is to commit sins, but also how filthy and hateful they are to God. Understanding that in Christ, God is merciful to those who repent. Sinners suffer such deep sorrow for and hate their sins so much that they turn away from all of them and turn to God, attempting to walk continually with him according to this new obedience in every way. Mm. That, that unpacks a lot about what repentance is. 
Now, in one sense, the word repentance in, in the New Testament, uh, in, in the Greek, is, is the word metanoia, and it, and it literally means a change of mind. Uh, and yet, often with words in the New Testament, they often come with deeper theological layers of meaning. And we see that even from all of Scripture. And we see the, see the main word for repentance in the Old Testament is a word that, that means to have regret, a word that means to have sorrow, uh, a word that means that, that is also t- um, tied in, I guess, with, with comfort and the need for comfort. Um, so what is repentance? Well, as we unpack it, let, let's have a look. So the first thing is repentance unto life is a saving grace. Mm. A saving grace. So repentance itself is needed to apply that sa- saving work of Christ. Christ. It's also it's called not just a saving, saving grace, but a grace in and of itself. Why? Because in and of itself, it's a gift of God. And we see that in the next words. It says, worked in the hearts of sinners by the Spirit and the Word of God. We see that, that just as faith, Ephesians 2 says that faith is a gift from God, it says that repentance, repentance is a gift of God. In Acts, it talks about uh, repentance, which has been uh, granted uh, to the Gentiles. So it's it's granted by by God. Um, we see it in uh, in closely tied in with the Spirit in, in Zechariah uh, twelve verse ten. I'm going to find that Zechariah twelve verse ten. Um, it says, and I will pour out, this is God speaking, I will pour out on the house of David and the inhabitants of Jerusalem uh, the spirit of grace and pleas for mercy or grace and supplication so that when they look on me, on him whom they have pierced, they shall mourn for him as one mourns for an only child and weep bitterly over him as one weeps for a firstborn. Right? And then it says a few verses later, on that day there shall be a fountain open for the house of David and the inhabitants of Jerusalem to cleanse them from sin and uncleanness. And we see that mourning tied in with God's promise uh, of forgiveness. But but we see that, that there's a spirit of grace and mm. a spirit of supplication is poured out. And what happens? Mourning by the people of God mm. for him whom they have pierced. Sounds familiar? Mm. Um, and so we see that wondrous promise. And even, even the New Testament, it says that, that the spirit will convict the world of sin and of righteousness uh, and of judgment. And so we see that, that there that repentance is given, it's granted, uh, to use the word of Acts, it's granted by God uh, to sinners. Um, and it comes as the word of God is, is, is preached uh, and as, it, as it's read, God uses that word um, to convict the hearts of sinners. Um, in Acts 11.18, uh, uh, let me read that out. Acts 11.18, um, let's have a look. Um, and then they're talking about the Gentiles. It says, verse 17, If then God gave the same gift to them as he gave to us when we believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, who was I that I could stand in God's way? When they heard these things, they fell silent, and they glorified God, saying, Then to the Gentiles also God has granted repentance that leads to life. Mm. Now that happens. The Holy Spirit hap- uh, falls upon them when? when he declares to them the message, as it says, um, and, and this is um, Peter reporting the conversion of Cornelius and, and the Gentiles. And so we see there that, uh, I guess, an inextricable, inextricable link between the word preached uh, and, and the spirit of, of God. What next? It says, it's not only worked in the hearts of sinners by the spirit and the word of God. It says, by it, sinners recognize not only how dangerous it is to commit sins, but also how filthy and hateful they are to God. 
So the next thing, uh, not only is it worked by God, from God, and a gift of him, it's a saving grace, but what is it? First, it involves a sight of sin. Mm. You must recognize your sin. You must have a knowledge of sin. And that's, that's before you can even repent, before you can even confess, you need to actually know what your sin is. And not just in general, but in specifics. Sure, you can go up to someone and say, have you ever lied? Yes. Right? That's not going to do anything. Of course they know that they do bad mm. things. But they need often they do often need specifics. Um, but a knowledge of sin uh, or a fear of God's judgment doesn't save. Um, and, and when we get into the idea of, of what is a true and what is a false repentance, we have to think, where, what, what is the outcome? Does that seeming repentance, and, and all we can see is the outside, right? Does that repentance or that um, sorrow over sin, does it drive you to Christ? Or does it drive you away mm. from Him? Um, does it does it point you to the gospel and do you lay hold of the promises of Christ? Or does it drive you away because you're fearful of God in that sense and you have a terror of God and you don't want a God who judges sin? And so that, that, that sight of sin doesn't save, right? That knowledge of sin doesn't save or even, or even knowledge of, of then God's judgment on the sin that you see, right? You must be driven uh, to the right place. So first we must understand what our sin is. And understand it, not just doing bad things, but understand it always in relation to God. Um, God, when you understand God in His holiness, in His perfection, in His purity, uh, in His uh, justice and righteousness, but also His goodness. And often understanding God's goodness makes us see how Mm. heinous sin is. Understanding God's character actually makes us understand how bad sin is and, and helps, us, helps us to see just as much as God is perfect, we are just as sinful, mm. if I can put it that way. Um, in fact, I, I guess it's not even on par. I, I guess God is so infinitely perfect and we are not infinitely sinful because God, God actually restrains us from sin in some respects. We could be much more sinful than we are. Mm. <laughs> um, and sin stinks in God's sight. And sin, in one sense, is... is is eternal and, and infinite, but um, yeah, I, I shouldn't equate those. God is infinitely and perfectly um, uh, good and perfect in all his ways. Um, and yet when we see that character, we see how heinous and, and how bad our sin is. So, so that's, that's, I guess, the first stage, seeing, uh, having a knowledge of what our sin is. But if that was it, that would be hopeless. Mm. If it was just left to that, it would just, it would just end in despair. Yeah. Uh, we'd have no hope, um, just like the Jews. Paul says that they were with, uh, sorry, of the Gentiles uh, before they came to Christ. It says they were without hope, without God in this world. Mm. It would be like looking in a mirror and seeing that you're like a smudge on your face, and like, okay, and just walking out, <laughs> and out the door. It was like, okay, I'll, like, all right, I won't, I won't fix it. I won't yeah, get rid yeah, of it. Yeah, and like, I'll just, I'll just leave it. And and you know that's what unbelievers do with their sin. Yeah. Um, they they push it down. They don't want to come to the light. Lest they, lest, lest, you know, their works be exposed, mm. it says. So they, they push it down, they desensitize themselves, they numb themselves. Uh, they don't want to feel guilt. Um, mm. That's what they do with the guilt. They, they, and, and sin, they just they push it down, they try and hide mm. it. They, they justify they, it. Yeah. yeah. They excuse it. Yeah, exactly right. I mean, it's it's like if you have a blemish on your face and, and you just try and put a band aid on it, oh, yeah. right? And you've got this big, massive yeah. band aid on your face, and then like, it doesn't fix the problem. Mm. Uh, it's just you're just trying to patch it up, or maybe it's like you've got a pimple on your face, and you use that pimple cream that's got yeah. a tint to it, right? Or makeup. Women use makeup, yeah, makeup to hide all the it. blemishes. 
it doesn't get rid of the blemishes. Mm. It just covers it up. And that's what we do with our sin. We try and cover it up. And yet there's only one who can truly cover sin mm. so much that it deals with the problem. We cover it externally, but, but Christ, Christ would, yeah, he removes it. Mm. And he covers it in a way where it's, 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 it's removed. And that's the thing on the, yeah. on the example of, of makeup, not that I wear makeup, but uh, <laughs> you. <laughs> you, can, you can certainly see some, oh, I've got to be so careful what I say. You can see some ladies that wear makeup because they're hiding blemishes, mm. but it actually, it shows the blemishes more. Mm. Like I don't know because you've had to put something because you've had to put something on, and it like I remember being in school, and the girls would like try and cover up their, their mm. pimples and stuff like that, but it would it would just hold around it, and it would it would stand mm. out more. And and sin's the same; you mm. try and cover it up. Mm. Sometimes it, it exposes more than you want mm. by trying to cover it up in that first place with with like the band aid or the or the makeup. Exactly, and there's nothing wrong with, of course, with using makeup. No, but, definitely uh, not. <laughs> but as a picture of it, covering up our face. No worries. But covering up sin, um, that stinks in God's mm. sight. Um, and so we've, let's say we, we've got a sinner. He's got this sight of sin. He knows his sin. Not just in general. He knows specifics. Um, he knows uh, the heinousness of his sin before God. Right? Where do we go from here? And this is where this, this next step of, of repentance comes in. Um, the first thing that you need to see, yes, in, in your sin in relation to God, but then you need to see that that God, as I read this out here, it says, understanding that in Christ, and that's important, because you can have a Jew read mm. this out and take out in Christ, no worries, and take out in the Spirit, and and they can mm. they can use it as their statement, and yet in Christ by the Spirit, in Christ, God is merciful to those who repent, mm. and that's a that's a blessed message of the gospel. God is merciful because of Christ's work. God is merciful. To those who repent, um, and so um, you just you just think of all the promises of Scripture in the Old Testament, uh, right? As far as the east is from the west, so far will I remove your transgressions from you, mm. right? I will cast them into the depths of the sea. All those promises find their yes and amen in Christ. Why can God promise those things? Not because He can just wink at sin and shove it under the carpet, mm. but because looking ahead, uh, oh, He He planned it out already. He knew everything. He'd ordained everything. He knew. Exactly what would happen, right? And he planned it all out because in Christ, even in the Old Testament, God had a covering for sin in Christ. Mm. So just in the Old Testament, God was merciful to them in Christ, and those believers will look forward by promises. Even now, we look back to what Christ has done, and by the promises of God, we see that God is merciful in Christ. That's why we can say to people, everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord, right, the Lord Jesus, will be saved. Mm. Uh, right, and so there's a, again that calling on God um, in repentance and faith, and, and that's important. God is merciful in Christ to those who repent; otherwise, conviction leads to despair. Christ said, "I did not come to call the righteous, but I came to call the call sinners uh, to repentance." And so we, that, that's essential because otherwise we'd end up in despair uh, and there'd be no hope. What's next? What well, says? Um, uh, understand that in Christ God is merciful to those who repent. So two knowledges, knowledge of ourself, uh, well, three, knowledge of ourself, knowledge of God, which I guess uh, heightens what we see about our sin, but the knowledge of, of, of what God has done in Christ to save sinners. So I guess three main, I guess, mm. knowledge areas that you need to know. Um, and then, then what does it say? Sinners suffer such deep sorrow for and hate for their sins. Right, so that's the next thing. What is, what is this to lead to? Aside of our sin... 
uh, and, and, and a view of Christ's mercies, right, it leads to a sorrow for and a hatred for sin. Um, and, and, and we see again and again in the Old Testament, there's a mourning over sin, there's a contrition. What, what does God say? This is the one to whom I will look, to him who is lowly, right, humble and contrite mm. in spirit and who trembles at my word. So, so there is a, there's a mourning and a contrition over a sin. Um, and, and we see it uh, when we see, when we see um, Christ in the Beatitudes. Says, he said, Blessed are those who mourn, um, for they should be comforted. So there's a mourning over sin. Um, in 2 Corinthians um, 7, um, there's a very important passage for seeing true uh, and false uh, r- repentance. Uh, 2 Corinthians 7, um, starting um, at verse 8. And Paul, in his early letters, um, has, um, or at least in one letter, uh, he said, he has essentially rebuked them for, for living in sin. And, mm. uh, and, and he says, verse 8, For even if I made you grieve with my letter, I do not regret it. Though I, So he, he wants to actually have them to have a, a sorrow over their sin. Though I did regret it, he regrets it in one sense. For I see that the letter grieved you, though though only for a while. As it is, I rejoice. So Paul is mm. saying it's good that you're grieving. And in mm. one sense, I don't like making people grieve, but it's good that you grieve. Um, as it is, I rejoice. Not because you were grieved, but because you were grieved into repenting. So mm. he's, he doesn't just want them to have a sorrow, but what does he want them to have a sorrow that leads to? The actual repentance and the, and the action that results from that. It says, For you felt a godly grief or a godly sorrow so that you suffered no loss through us. What does he say next? He says, for godly grief, right, a true repentance, for godly grief produces a repentance that leads to salvation without regret. Whereas worldly grief, worldly sorrow, produces death. So a godly sorrow tied up in that repentance leads to salvation, whereas a worldly sorrow, a worldly grief produces death. He says, verse 11, for see what earnestness this godly grief has produced in you, but also what eagerness to clear yourselves. What indignation, right, over their sin. What fear, a fear of God. What longing, right, a longing that, that, that they not live in that, that state of, of sin and, and before God. Uh, what fear, what longing, what zeal, right, what zeal uh, to repent before God. What zeal to have nothing um, that they've done against others. What punishment. So they are earnest, deadly earnest. And this is what, what happens in repentance. We are deadly earnest to not live in that sin, no matter how small, before God. And so, that, so we see that this godly sorrow has an earnestness to it that leads to repentance, which leads to salvation. But a, but a, but a worldly sorrow leads only to death. And that's the kind of sorrow that Esau had. Um, mm. it's, it's, he despised his birthright, Hebrews said. And even though he sought it with tears, it was not, to mm. be, it was not his. Well, it was more that he was grieving that he missed out on the gifts. <laughs> exactly. More than he was sorry that, yeah. That, that, that he despised what God had given. given. I mean, it's... it's it's a case of people only. Sometimes people only want God for what He can give us, mm. uh, rather than wanting God for Himself, uh, wanting the best thing because of God. And I think that's one of the things when when uh, we lead people in what we'd call the salvation or the sinner's prayer mm. or a salvation response uh, or the altar call uh, mm. in those kind of circles, we, we 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 kind of rattle off the list of like if if you know if you you've messed up. You, you know you in a, find yourself in a bad situation you, you want to be free from the guilt you want to be free from sickness and all these things that sound appealing mm. that are a side product mm. of of salvation mm. uh, but they're the kind of things that kind of rope you in mm. more than what the the main 
thing is and, and so it is it, people go oh God can take this sickness away God can do this God can do that it's like yes he is faithful in those things but what happens if you you say a prayer you, mm. you, you are, I've, I've repented I, I, I'm saved and all those things that were promised from the platform oh I'm still battling cancer Mm. I'm, I'm, I'm more in debt than I've ever been or like I'm more broke than I've ever been or I'm, yeah. I can't hold a job. He's not meeting your expectations. But he's not right? meeting my expectations. <laughs> and I, I was promised if I prayed this prayer, God would would be faithful in those things. Yeah. And, and yeah, we see people are putting in what God can give us mm. more than the gift giver. Yeah. And it's, it, it's sad that that's, that's mm. the model that has been replicated. And again, whether or not it started like that as the Mexican wave mm. analogy, if it started like that or not, uh, I, I don't think it would have, however long ago, but it's definitely formed into mm. uh, into something that it's like, yeah, God, I'm going to choose God because he can do all this stuff for me. Yeah. And, and, and you think about, like, why do you want to get rid of your sin? Mm. Um, or, or even why do you want to come to Christ? Mm. Uh, is it because you actually, you know, um, hate your sin? Um, or do you still love it but you hate the guilt feeling about it? Because uh, plenty of people want to get rid of guilt. I mean, yeah. no one wants to live with guilt. Well, yeah. I mean, we don't even. I mean, we weren't even calling it sin. Mm. Uh, a lot of a lot of places refuse to call it what it even is. Even your brokenness. Your brokenness. Your mess. Yeah. You've stuffed up. I mean, I, I know. Bad decisions. I know. I've said. Oh, if you've stuffed up, come to Christ. Mm. Give him a try. Like <laughs> try before you, you buy. Try before you buy. Like, do you want to give him a chance, mm. or uh, you want to, you know, you do want to ask the Lord into mm. your life those kinds of things uh, mm. you just you, it's you feel like a, well, now I look back I felt like a salesman mm. like just trying to like but wait there's more he's your saver for everything yeah That's order now safe. and you get you get no more guilt and no more shame and your brokenness is fixed and yeah you buy one get it, one free yeah. like if he takes you from this he'll, he'll yeah, no more it, it totally it, it, you're trying to upsell everything mm. with the with the gospel and, and trying to get people to respond to it because you people that make decisions it, it, I guess it makes you look better mm. it makes your church grow in a sense because you, you fill out the, the I, I made a decision was this mm. was this a first time salvation or a recommitment like those kinds of things come into it yeah uh, it, it's just uh, it's skewed and yeah we miss the point of who we're trying to who we're trying to receive uh, yeah. that that sale who we're trying to repent for and or what for because mm. it's not the gifts and but it is the gift giver and and you think about it do you do you hate or have sorrow over sin because it offends God mm. uh, I mean it's just like if I do something bad against someone and someone says you know you're in trouble you're doing something wrong this often happens with kids and they go oh sorry right? What? because they're in trouble mm. but not because they're actually sorry that they offended yeah. someone else or that they've um, actually hurt someone else uh, and so as it, when, you, when the spirit truly works this repentance in your heart you start to hate sin even from the very first even for the whole of Christian life you start to hate the sin which mm. you once loved um, because uh, it grieves the Holy Spirit, it it it, it um, displeases God, and it that is what sent Christ to the cross, mm. uh, and that that understanding of sin, uh, in light of God's character, in light of Christ's work, um, that drives you to just put sin off. That earnestness drives you to repent. Mm. Um, and as Christians, sometimes we'll have times when um, when uh, we will lose sight of God's grace, uh, and then we will wallow in our sin. But we must always remind ourselves of these truths and, and God's promises. Um, so, yeah, there's that sorrow and that hatred of sin. Uh, and then there's, 
and often people like to use this this term, do a U-turn. Mm. I think people often say, oh, repentance is just doing a U-turn. And, yeah. and look, in one sense that's right. I don't think it captures, I think it's too simplistic. Um, and, and just as we've been going through, there's a whole, I guess, biblical weight of all these other things which come into repentance. But, mm. but it involves fundamentally a turning away from something mm. and turning to. And it's a decisive turning away from sin and a turning mm. to God in Christ. Uh, that's important in Christ, um, and it's not just a partial thing. It's it's not like uh, I, I give up one thing. It's it's not like our New Year's resolutions where we try and give up <laughs> things, right? There's a conscious decision where you give up all that you are and all that you have, and and you and you say, "Sin, I've had enough, no more." Mm. And you and you lay it all at the foot of cro- uh, foot of the cross, at, at the feet of Christ. You say, "No more." And you say Christ, and you receive all that Christ is, and that's what faith is: receiving, relying, that trust, that complete dependence on Christ and His work. And so, in it, repentance has faith, mm. uh, and then there's two, two sides of the same coin. But repentance is a turning away from, and a turning to, and that turning to is in faith mm. and a resting in in Christ. So, there's a, uh, as it says in this in this catechism question, it says, uh, "And hate their sins so much that they turn away from all of them and mm. turn." To God, and lastly, mm. the, the the last thing is is that you will see this result in obedience to God, um, and there should be fruit. It says, attempting to walk continually with Him according to this new obedience in every way. Now, as John the Baptist said, uh, when when Pharisees were coming out to to him, he said, "You brood of vipers, who warned you mm. to flee from the wrath to come?" He says, "Bear fruit in keeping with repentance." You say that you're repenting. And yet the fruit says that you haven't. Mm. And so not that fruit saves us far from it, but there must be fruit that results if it is a true repentance. Mm. And so if people prayed a prayer, if they, if, they, if they went through the formula and that there is no change in their life, if there is no obedience that comes from a heart that loves God, you have no validation, you have no right to say that, you're, that, that you are saved. You and I have no right to say that mm. because that means that the Spirit of God has not given you a true repentance. This mm. means the Spirit of God is not now indwelling in your heart uh, and you are not saved. Uh, your repentance is not a true uh, and genuine one. Um, and, 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 and so we see all these things coming together. We see that it's a saving grace. It, it's God's gift worked in our hearts by the Spirit and the Word of God. Uh, it, it, in it we see a sight of our sin and how heinous it is before God uh, and it, it's against the character of God it grieves him and it sent Christ to the cross how filthy and hateful it is to God that in God uh, we have these glorious promises that due to the sin uh, due to uh, God's mercy we can come to God in Christ uh, and that, that we have this sorrow and this deep hatred of our sin and then with that sorrow and hatred, we, 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 we flee away from our sin and we flee to Christ. Mm. Um, and, and we take all of that to Christ. It's not partial, it's a complete turning. And then we walk in renewed obedience as he, as he saves us. And, and, and when we repent, when we repent, we have this glorious promise. Well, promises, I should say, there are, there are hundreds of them. That when we repent, when we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us all our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Mm. There is a peace and a joy that comes when there is true repentance, um, pleading the promises mm. of God. So you can see how there's all of these things which come into repentance. And as a Christian, you're not necessarily thinking about all of these things. Have I got this? Have yeah. I got that part of it, right? <laughs> yeah. But you, you, you will see in your heart, you just, 
you, you just go, I've got nothing before God. You sorrow of your sin and you come to God. And, and you'll have more sorrow sometimes than others. Mm. Um, but you come before God and go, I've got nothing. Um, we've got nothing. Christ has got everything. And you mm. continually come to And it's not a once-off thing. I like the people who pray to prayer. It's a continual, ongoing thing. Not that we're continually being saved. Mm. But when we came to Christ for the first time, we were coming before God in Christ as a judge. And we were saved and brought in his family. And now being in his family as Christians, we come not before a judge, we come before a father. Mm. And even as we grieve our fathers, um, even, as, uh, even as we grieve our fathers, we go to them and we ask for forgiveness. Mm. In that same way, we have no fear of being cast out, particularly with a God who is perfect, uh, who loves us infinitely and eternally in Christ. But there is an ongoing repentance every single day of our lives. Because as a Christian, you do not want any sin you don't want to be living in any sin. We'll have times where we where we where we fall, uh, not completely, but there'll be times that we where we slip. There'll be times when we uh, sin. But God brings us to repentance, and that's an ongoing thing. So, if you're living in sin at this moment, don't put it off. It just it gets harder and harder, and Satan mm. presses you harder and harder not to come to God because you fear his 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 judgment and his pleasure. Sure, God is displeased when we sin. Mm. There is abundance of mercy. There is abundance of grace that is found in Christ, who is continually interceding at God's right hand for you right now. And that's why he said to Peter, when Peter denied Christ three times, Christ said the difference. said the difference between Judas and Peter. Why, Peter? He said, "I have pr- Satan desired um, desired to sift you like mm. wheat, but I prayed Maybe. for you yeah. that your faith would not fail." And then in the very end, Christ brought him back to mm. repentance. Um, so yeah, ho- hopefully all of that makes sense as we, as we bring it together. And, and what a glorious knowledge it is mm. knowing that, that we have the Spirit working in our hearts, interceding for us, changing our hearts, bringing us to repentance. Mm. We have Christ interceding for us in heaven, uh, even now at God's right hand, continually. Um, and we have such great assurance mm. as we come before God to, to, to be uh, repenting of our sin. So would you say that uh, it's people can be quite unfamiliar with simple biblical doctrines mm. uh, surrounding this and if they uh, are looking at or well, they're hearing this and they're, they're thinking am I saved mm. is it understanding the gravity of your sin mm. understanding how holy God is and how much it mm. it, it grieves him mm. that we sin and understanding what Christ accomplished yeah. and that's once once you've understood those mm-hmm then it's, okay, now I need to repent. Yeah. Like rather than just going, okay, in the moment, emotion, emotions are high. Mm. I've, I've heard all these great things that I'm going to get. Mm. Uh, okay, I'll respond mm. without really understanding. It, it's knowing the gravity of your sin, knowing the holiness of God, mm. knowing what Christ has done so that we may be in that family. Yeah, and... and- and then there's that point where you come to the end of yourself, and that's really important. Mm. You come to the end of yourself because you've got no hope left. Mm. You're not, you, you can't offer anything. God can you, see underneath the, the, yeah. the, the, the makeup you're trying to put over your sin, mm. and you've got no hope. You stand for a God who searches the hearts and tests the minds, as it says, of all men, um, and you've got no hope before God except in Christ. Mm. Um, and so there's this, and you, that's when you lay hold of the promises of God. You come to the end of yourself and you go, I've got nothing, but God, you've promised this. Mm. Save me. Mm. Uh, and you, you seek God until he saves you. Mm. Um, don't, you don't give up. 
you don't give up. It's not a partial repentance. It's not mm. a temporary faith. You keep seeking him mm. uh, until he saves you. And so in that sense, there is a sort of sinner's prayer mm. because you are conversing with God for yeah. salvation. Yeah. But there's not a, a one formula. Yeah. It is a confession of your sin, yeah. a belief that, that Christ is our saviour mm. uh, and a turning away from the life that we once lived mm. and turning into yeah. faith in Jesus Christ mm. as the only hope of glory. Yeah. I think there's some good answers there. If you are listening today and this is convicting you, uh, like the Apostle Paul, uh, I, I'm, I'm sad that, that it's grieved you for a moment, but I rejoice if it leads you to repentance. Uh, and on that note, I thank you for joining this episode. I hope that it has been a challenge for you uh, to, to look at your salvation. Uh, if you're not saved, I, I hope it's been a challenge for you to, to seek after God and to seek salvation. Uh, but all in all, we've all been there. Uh, Josh and I, you know, we've mm. we've had that same search. We're not coming from a, a holier than thou uh, pedestal, but we really are beggars that are telling other beggars where to get bread. More more sinful than thou. More sinful than thou. The chief of sinners, as as Paul would write. Because repentance, you just see your own sin more than you yeah. see the sins of others. Yeah, and it's and we just want to tell people mm. that. They are sinners, but there is hope, and that hope is in Jesus. So even greater saviour, a greater saviour than you are. A, a, you're a fantastic sinner, but he is a greater saviour. <laughs> uh, thank you again, Josh, for uh, spending the time with us on this episode. I hope that you've been encouraged as well in this. Always, and, always. Have some more time with your son now. Uh, thank you, everyone, for joining in. Uh, we will see you next time. As always, God bless. And if you would like to, to talk to me, you can uh, follow on Instagram uh, at Pilgrim's Podcast. I'm more than happy to have a conversation with you about anything that we talk about on here, any suggestions you, you have for topics or anything that you might be going on and you need uh, a voice to, to bounce back, back and forth with. Anyway, God bless. Have a great day, evening, morning, whatever it may be from wherever you are in the world. Goodbye.